freedom is a word that gets thrown about a lot. Often, it's probably not really understood. In fact, in our country, we're so used to the word free that we kind of take it for granted, unfortunately. Well, what does freedom really mean? If you have your Bibles or the Bible on your devices, I invite you to turn with me two places, both in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 5 and Luke chapter 4. Galatians chapter 5 and Luke chapter 4. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus is reading from the Old Testament scriptures in Isaiah. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. I like how the Amplified Version gives this passage. It is Interesting uh, to be able to look at some different versions at times just to hear a, a different word or phrase that gives you a different word picture. The Amplified Version of Galatians 5.1 says, It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery which you once removed. This passage talks about freedom and to understand it, especially in the time that this was written, we need to know a little bit about Roman law. So you're in law school just for a moment, okay? In Roman law, there were two words that were used often referring to freedom. One was free men or women, and the other was freed men or women. Now, there's a big difference. A free man or woman was someone who was born free. A freed man or woman was a slave who had been released and set free from slavery. Spiritually speaking, none of us are born free. In fact, go back into the Old Testament, and find that we were all born into sin. But following Christ begins with an act of the will to accept being born again, made possible through Christ's death and resurrection, where he died and was raised to life again. So technically, all of us, if we choose to follow Christ, are freed men and women, not free men and women. Because it's not something we are born into, but something we are born again 
into, into Christ, for what he has provided for us. And we have been given this opportunity. We have been given this gift. We have been given this life-changing opportunity to live freely. So what does that really look like? It doesn't have anything to do with our country. It has everything to do with Christ. For you see, there are people all around the world in countries where they are oppressed for their faith or not even allowed to express their faith. And they're still freed through Jesus Christ. Some who have to worship in cover of darkness, some who cannot let anyone else know that they're meeting for fear of loss of job, family, or even life. And yet they're free. Are you living freely in the knowledge of who he is and in accepting of what he has provided for you? So take a look for just a few minutes here at what true freedom is. First, true freedom comes from Christ. It is for freedom that we have been set free. True freedom comes through Jesus Christ. And the freedom that is described, the Greek word used for freedom in this passage in Galatians chapter 5 means someone who is free of obligation and bondage. It means completely free. And then there, in the middle of that verse, it says Christ has set us free. It means the act of freeing someone from bondage. True freedom comes from Christ. We have to understand that all freedom has a price. Our country, there were many people who paid a price for our freedom and our continued freedom. Our freedom in Christ came with a price that Jesus himself paid so that we don't have to because we didn't have enough of anything to pay that price. True freedom always comes at a price for someone. And true freedom should never be wasted. You see, true freedom is too valuable to be forsaken or forgotten. It is too valuable to be wasted. It's kind of like collectibles. Do you know anybody that does collectibles? It could be baseball cards. It could be figurines of some kind. It could be antique cars or tractors. It could be all kinds of things. There are all kinds of things that people save and some of those are considered to be very valuable. Of course, you understand the true value of anything is only what someone will pay you for it, right? You ever gotten your property tax bill and said, sure, pay me this, <laughs> what they said it's worth. I mean, it's only what someone will pay. You can go to the garage sale and get something for 50 cents and maybe it's worth a lot more. 
Or you go to another one and they've got it listed for five bucks and you go, that's not worth half that. Or on and on it could go. But you see, true freedom is not to be wasted. It is too valuable. Now, we waste freedom when we don't live freely. To embrace freedom is to use the freedom we have. If you've got it, use it. If you've got it, live in that freedom. True freedom is too valuable for us to waste it and not to take advantage of it. And we're speaking of the freedom in Christ and the freedom we have to worship in Christ both. Secondly, true freedom requires a firm foundation. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It requires a firm foundation. There is something we stand upon today, and that is literally the graves of those who gave their lives so that we could have what we have. Spiritually, we stand upon the empty cross and the empty tomb for the sacrifice that Jesus made. True freedom requires a firm foundation. Whenever it's sketchy, whenever it's questionable, we begin to wonder about our freedom. What is the foundation you're standing on? We saw in the news this past week, tragically, what happens when the foundation of a building is not solid. And our prayers should be going out to those families that have lost loved ones. And imagine being one of those who still has no closure because they've not even been found. The foundation was not what they thought it was. And I have to ask you this morning, is your foundation in Christ what you claim it is? Are you standing on the freedom you have in Christ? Living freely on that foundation. But you see, true freedom not only requires a firm foundation, it requires us standing up for Christ. The word used in the middle of that verse is to stand. Stand firm, but stand. Don't relax. Stand. Don't be lazy about our faith, but to stand firm in our faith. Exercise that freedom that we have. To understand, just like the disciples did in that time when they stood for their faith. Some lost their lives for it. Others were able to continue living and proclaiming it. The Apostle Paul, the one who wrote this letter to the church in Galatia that we call Galatians. He said on one occasion, yes, I might lose my life for what I believe, but if I do, it's okay. If I die, I get to go be with Jesus. And if I live, I get to keep preaching Jesus. I can't lose. What if we lived every day with that attitude? If this is my last day, but I know Jesus is my Savior, okay, I get to go be with him. But as long as I have breath... I get to live for him and share him with others. 
how we live and what we say, what we do and what we pray, to live for him on that firm foundation of Jesus Christ. You see, true freedom also compassionately refuses to yield to bondage. Galatians 5.1 says, Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. A yoke is that piece of equipment, that harness that went over an animal, and especially when there was more than one animal, so that they were connected, yoked together, and therefore they had to go in the same direction for anything to take place. But slavery meant to be yoked to something we aren't intended to be yoked to. There are those who were in bondage for their faith. That passage in Luke chapter 4 that was quoting from Isaiah talked about freeing those in bondage. I encourage you, go read in the book of Acts. The Apostle Peter imprisoned and sentenced to death, and yet the Lord came in and freed him up. You can read elsewhere about the Apostle Paul and Silas who were imprisoned, and the Lord sent an earthquake to shake everything up literally. But they knew where their freedom was. They didn't even leave the prison. They just went ahead and led the rest of the prison to the Lord. <laughs> How are you living in your freedom? Don't allow yourself to be connected back to those old habits that took you away from the Lord. Those old thoughts that tore you down but rather live freely because Christ has set you free. We often think of someone who's in bondage as someone who is addicted to something. And addiction is a terrible thing. The difficult thing when you love someone who's in addiction, you're close enough to see that it's not really what they desire, but the addiction has taken hold of them and taken over because at some point they yielded to it. They didn't go from nothing to addicted. They just took a first step. And this passage is saying, don't do that. Don't even take that first step back toward slavery. Don't take that first step back toward bondage of whatever it might be. But have true freedom. And notice the word that is used. It says, do not submit again. Or some passages, some translations say yield. Because it's our choice. Satan may try to trick you and say, no, you're stuck. This is who you are. This is what you must do. But remember, Satan's a liar. That's his native language. That's why he is so good at it. And it is so smooth and fluent because that's his native tongue. But the truth is, we have a choice and I implore, plead, whatever word is appropriate to you this morning to choose freedom in Christ. Now, I often get asked, as surrendering to Christ and giving 
your life to him and embracing the forgiveness that he's already offered you, does that mean everything goes well? No. You read the story of believers throughout history, many of whom were killed for their faith. Others who suffered from all kinds of things. But it does mean that we're not alone in whatever we go through. It does mean that we have someplace so much better that we eventually end up in. It's worth it. Whatever it may be. And lastly, true freedom chooses. True freedom chooses to surrender to Christ. For freedom Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not submit. Do not choose. Do not yield to slavery or bondage. That's referring personally for each of us and corporately as a church body. So we have a responsibility to one another in community to pray for each other to encourage each other, to reach out to each other, to help each other. When the Lord impresses someone's name upon you, do what he's asking. Give them the call, shoot them the text, the email, drop by, write them the note, whatever it may be, because you will be amazed at first sent somebody a text earlier this week and just said, man, you're really on my heart. Just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. A day later, they answered and said, you have no idea what that meant. And they said five other people sent a similar text to them that day. I didn't talk to anybody about it. And they just said, thanks for praying. A couple hours later, they sent me another text and said, I need to tell you something I need your prayer about. And they shared something I had no idea about. I had no idea why the Lord was impressing them upon my heart. I just tried to be faithful. And then let them know. Prayers are powerful and they're especially powerful when you let the person you're praying for know you're praying for them. Because you see, Satan keeps saying, and some of you have heard this this week, haven't you? Nobody cares. Don't tell anybody, they don't care. Nobody's listening. Nobody notices. You're on your own. But see, none of that's ever true. You're never alone because Christ is there. But you're never alone when you're in community because we are here for each other. But we need to let each other know that. Tell them. Let them know in some way. Follow through on how the Lord impresses that. That's part of our surrender to Christ. Personally for your salvation. And corporately for the encouragement and the building up of one another. True freedom chooses to share the good news. 
being relatively new, seven, eight months, whatever it is that we've been here, we're still discovering things. Plus, not everything was open when we moved here. So we're finding things that were closed that are now open. And we've asked questions. And it's amazing. No one ever hesitates when you say, where's a good place to get? Especially if it's food. Now, not everybody's answer is the same, but no one ever says, oh, no, I, I wouldn't want to share that with you. That's a personal choice. They always do. And if someone else is standing by, they go, oh, but what about? And they name another one. Now, the truth is, I really don't need to know about any more eating places though I'm happy to listen. <laughs> but that's not really where my need is. But why are we so open to share that and not let people know what makes a difference eternally? Especially as we're in relationship with them. You see, true freedom compassionately Refuses to yield to that bondage. And because of that, then we choose to share the good news. That verse in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. Good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives. Recovering of sight to the blind. Liberty and freedom to those who are oppressed we have our freedom to share and it's good news true freedom chooses to bring release offer release to those who are in bondage it's still their choice but we can let them know there's a way out it's still their choice but we can show them where the key is that unlocks the chains it's still their choice, but we can give them an example that you don't have to live that way. I love this phrase that God never wastes a hurt. That any hurt we've gone through, if we surrender it to God, he never will waste that hurt, but it can be used to help others. Avoid it or be released from it. I have to ask you again, are you living freely in the freedom Christ has provided? Do you know that freedom in your own heart personally as your Lord and Savior? If you do know that, are you showing and sharing the freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ? Let's stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I just wonder if there's anyone here this morning that says, Pastor, yeah, I need to choose this freedom. I've been avoiding it. I've been dodging it. I've been refusing to listen. But this morning, I just want to say yes to the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ for my own heart personally. 
If that's where you are this morning and that's the choice you're making, just raise your hand right where you are. I'm praying for you, not just in this moment, but throughout this week. Thank you. Just raise your hand there and hold it there for a moment. God bless you. Anyone else? I also wonder, for some of you that know Jesus as your personal Savior, if the Lord this morning has impressed upon you the need to share this freedom with somebody. Some name has come to mind just to encourage them or to let them know something they may not yet know. And that in this moment, in this morning, you're making a commitment to say, I'm going to walk out of here living this out and share with them. Thank you. Would you just raise your hand? God bless you, so many of you. Thank you. Father, you are the giver of life and of freedom. We celebrate in our country because we are allowed to worship freely. Help us to never take that for granted. But Lord, help us to understand that our worship is in you and the true freedom comes in you no matter where someone lives or what they're going through. So Lord, I pray for those who this morning said, I want to know freedom in Christ personally. Impress on their hearts right now. Lord, may they realize you've forgiven. May they accept it. Lord, may they realize that you are with them. And may they live in that. Lord, may you just bring along in their life this week some confirmation of the decision they just made. And for those who know you, who have this morning made a commitment to renew and living in this freedom, made a commitment to reach out to someone that you've been impressing upon them, Lord, keep reminding them. Keep impressing upon them until they follow through. Then give them wisdom as they do. Lord, may we lift one another in prayer, support, and encouragement this week so that we all know what true freedom is and that we live joyfully in it. I pray these things in the precious, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.